T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Fun, entertaining, knowledgeable. All right. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Live and local, it's time for the Fan Morning Show with Bart Winkler. Good morning, it is the Bart Winkler Show. No Bart Winkler today, Toby Altizer in for him alongside Tim Shea. We're live from the Lakeland University Studios, earn co-op credit for work experience at lakeland.edu. And it's 7 a.m., so you know what that means. It's the 7 a.m. Wendy's What's for Breakfast Hour here on The Fan. Is it a Wendy's Breakfast Baconator Combo Day or a new Wendy's Hot Honey Chicken Biscuit Combo Day? That's sweet with a kick of heat. Any of the Wendy's breakfast combos, now you know what's for breakfast at Wendy's. Brewers have some action going on today, tonight against the New York Mets. They begin a set of three out in New York. Joining us now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline to talk about that, and thankfully a losing streak that is over, Tim Allen from the Gene Wagner Plumbing Post Game Show. Timmy, what's going on, man? Morning, boys. Uh, Tim Stadium Shea is uh, in the building. Bart is not. There's Toby Altizer, and it's uh, uh, just a nice, cool, uh, early summer kind of day today. Well, right now it's cool. It's not going to be cool later today, <laughs> yeah. man. Oof. Yeah, wow. Thanks. Well, this is what we've been waiting for. I mean, <laughs> Maybe Bob you, U- not me. Bob Euchre always says, well, it'll get here. It'll get here, folks. <laughs> Hang in there. Well, it's here now. Yeah, and it's ridiculously hot. I'll pass on that. Thankfully, I'm going to be inside all day, so I'll pass on some of that that hot weather. Tim, the, the losing streak's finally over. What were your thoughts on that losing streak? You know, you had some obviously offensive struggles, and that's been the case pretty much for a majority of the season with, you know, the exception of a couple hot streaks for the offense. But the thing that I think was worrying for a lot of Brewers fans is the pitching wasn't even that great in the in the losing streak. Yeah, and I uh, I talked about that on the show, and and we threw a poll out there: is it the uh, pitching and and offense? And a lot of people still gravitated toward that offense, but you know, in that streak, you get outscored almost a three to one ratio at fifty seven to twenty. I mean, you're not going to win many games like that, and it's just such a challenge pitching when you're three or four or five runs down, and, and then it snowballs. You have one bad pitch, a three-run home run, and then, then the game's over. Because you know the offense in a little bit of a funk is, is going uphill a little bit. And, you know, the pitching had to give, you know, some help 
in that regard. But all things told, you know, you, you have to connect all the dots of a losing streak with any team in any sport because these guys are professionals. And you're talking about the top talent on the planet. Uh, in in this case, baseball. I mean, there's there's no better league on the planet than Major League Baseball. So that being said, you, you do have to look across the diamond a little bit at times. Say, are they creating breaks while you're going bad, while you're rolling bad? You don't get the breaks. You don't get a, a replay challenge call that looks pretty obvious. You you get a broken bat base hit against you. You get a check swing RBI double against you. You get um, your ace pitcher that will go, oh, man, he has a little clunker right in the middle of this window. Mm-hmm. Have the clunker, fine, and that's going to happen. But have it while you've won six of your last eight. And then, then, then at the end of that day, you've won, still won six of nine. All those things lined up, slumps, that includes slumps, and then you get to injuries, you get to, you know, uh, some of the players that, that miss time for personal reasons, uh, things like that, they all, they, they all uh, really contribute to a losing streak. And, and again, I, w- I will say that happens in, in all of sports. Now, that can turn around, and it does turn around, and it will turn around, and it did turn around. And so during the streak, you had to – I was surprised with the patience that I, I've shown through that streak, but I know they're a good baseball team. That's – there's, there's – uh, Every analysis fiber in me that says this is a good baseball team. This wasn't gonna, this wasn't gonna, you know, be this monumental collapse. Unfortunately, however, once you break out of it, this is right now the telltale sign. Now the next eight to ten games is you really gotta press on the accelerator just a little bit heavier because. If things continue to go south for various reasons, as I just talked about, injuries, slumps, whatever, that could be the monumental collapse. If you go ahead and you now lose eight of your next nine, now you're in trouble. So this is this is a really, really important time uh, in the Brewers' 22 championship season. It is. Once, once you've stopped the skid, now let's reset and go. Yeah, and during that losing streak, Tim, I, I think me and you both – believe that this is a really good team and I think some Brewers fans have wavered on that during the streak did your opinion on the team team change at all during that streak or was it just you know you look at it and say it's a bad stretch for the crew they've got injuries not making excuses for the crew they, they should not be losing these baseball games like they did but also looking at it and saying you know what it's a 162 game season they're gonna lose baseball games unfortunately it just happened to be eight of them in a row yep. Yeah, unfortunately, this was the window that it happened, and you would want it to happen. I think everyone agrees that we would want this to happen now instead of August-September range. And and the frightening thought was waking up Saturday morning, you were out of the playoffs had the playoffs started that day. That expanded playoffs and all, losing streak and all, that was um, interesting for me to kind of process a little bit. But no, I it, it hasn't wavered yet. Overall, though, it's pretty tough to measure for most fans how what this team is right now because you didn't get the long sample sizes. You got a nice little stretch in there, as, as you talked about, with the offense, and they were winning games, and you were 14 games over 500 at one, 
at one point. So that that tells you something. But then then you were all beat up. How do you, how do you measure how good a baseball team is when you're all beat up? Now you we can use uh, injuries as an excuse for losing. Uh, let me repeat myself. We can use injuries as an excuse for losing. <laughs> That's not going to be very popular, Tim. <laughs> no, it's not. But it's 100% true. Well, and r- real quick off of that, th- this is one thing I can't, ex- uh, I can't, I can't stand when people do. Because I think the Patriots uh, football kind of put this idea in people's minds that, well, it's just next man up mentality. The next guy can just yeah, do it as well. Yeah. No, 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 no. Hold on. The next guy is not getting paid $30 million a year. The next guy is getting paid five hundred grand because guess what? He just got called up for the minors for the fifth time, and he's been in the minors for 10 years because he's not a good hitter. <laughs> like, I mean, Let's just be honest. Exactly. And that's where I've been for almost two decades here, being in the sports business. Yes, it's okay. I mean, guys, you lost, you lost two starting pitchers that were sub-three ERAs, two all-stars. You lost Willie Adamas, Hunter Renfro, Mike Brasso. I mean, I could go on and on with this injury list. Trevor Gott. Who would trade Trevor Kelly? Uh, let's see. Who else can we throw in there? Tim Shea, we, we can make the trades, my, my boy. trades tonight. Strzelecki. Your boy, Peter Strzelecki. <laughs> yeah, let's make some <laughs> trades tonight. And, and Trevor Kelly. Wouldn't you rather have Trevor Gott and Jake Cousins? Of course you would. Absolutely you would. They're just that that's why you have a depth chart. That's why, as Toby, you pointed out, that's why guys are paid what they're paid and other guys are paid what they're paid. That being said, you gotta brave the storm. And that's the key. Can you hold serve a little bit? They just didn't do that during that stretch. Had you gotten a couple of victories in there, that's a big swing. That's a four game swing on the five hundred uh uh barometer. So I- injuries are an excuse because they're the best excuse. They're the only legitimate excuse that any professional sports franchise has. You know what? It doesn't have to be professional. It, it, it can be a, uh, a high school baseball or football team. Your, your guns go down. You're not as good. It's that simple. Milwaukee Bucks, Chris Middleton. Anybody want to raise their hand and say, well, that dad should have been next man up. They didn't. They didn't. Hey, it's next man up. It's it's. Are you saying it's only Chris Middleton? Is that what you're saying? We only lost Chris Middleton. We can throw in someone mm-hmm. else. It doesn't work like that. So that being said, the health part of it is going to work itself out. And these have not been, outside of Peralta, I mean, this, these have not been, you know, huge season-ending things as of yet. But, you know, it's been COVID here. It's been, it's been an oblique or a hamstring or a quad. You know, it, so they, they got to get through this. This Mets, and I know we'll, we'll turn the page in, into this Mets uh, series. Hey, this is what you want right now. Relative health. You still don't have Woody and, and Peralta, and you're without some bullpen arms. But you still have a good baseball team, and don't fear something like this. That This, this is what you want. This is kind of cool. This is, hey, let's go into New York and – you know what are you what are you what are you looking for? This is this is the Mets are good, so are the Brewers. Okay, let's go. Let's have a baseball game tonight. Yeah, and luckily you get a win coming off of that national series. You'd love to win that series, but at least you get 
a win to finish yeah. off the losing streak going into this Mets series because, like you said, this Mets team is very good. And hopefully the off day gave them a chance to reset coming off a victory. Just say, all right, guys, the losing streak is over. We're going into New York. Let's go get two out of three against the Mets. Let's go into Cincinnati. Let's beat the Reds. And let's come home against the Cardinals and get going. Let's get this thing rolling again. Because it is a tough stretch of baseball. It seems like, Tim, with that stretch of baseball where they were playing so many games in so many days that for the Brewers this year, the dog days of summer came a little bit early, and it was actually in spring in the end of May, beginning of June, that they kind of ran into the tough stretch of the schedule. Maybe they're going to still have that at some point, but I think this early part of the season, this stretch basically over the last half month and then going forward for the next couple weeks is going to be the the probably the pivotal point in this season for the Brewers. Yeah, and, and we can – we just talked about excuses or lack thereof with injuries, but the schedule itself had an impact on this also. It, it did. Now I'm not that, that part we can debate that part of it because you know, a schedule is sort of grueling for a baseball team that goes on three city uh, trips back to back to back, mm-hmm. which is extremely rare. It just is. And for those that, you know, say it's only a baseball game. I mean, how many times have we, and we're not professional athletes, but the travel fatigue sets in. How many, how many uh, husbands and wives have had a fight in the airport <laughs> waiting for their baggage just because fatigue had set in and you're, yeah. you're up early and you didn't get enough sleep and then you're, uh, you know, you're, you're agitated. That, that plays a part in it. You get used to it with, with anything that you do in, in terms of repetition. You do get used to it a little bit, but it still is grinding on you a little, a little bit. Get it all out of the way now. This is a team, guys, that still has the tremendous amount of talent on it that could be the talk of the town in August and September. We can't rule that out. There's, there's moves to be made and injuries to heal. So think about those two things. You don't think they're going to be a better team moving forward? Moves to be made by Stearns. Ain't no way he's sitting on his hands this year. Not, not with this no, type of pitching. No, not a chance. Not a uh-uh. chance. He, he's, he's going to make something. He always makes a move, much less with this team being where it's at. He, he's yeah. not sitting on his hands. Uh, yeah. two, two real quick before we get to a couple calls. Uh, Craig Council, winningest manager, tied uh, with Phil Garner. Cool. Hopefully tonight he can – break the record and become the winningest manager. But how cool is it that it's uh, it's Craig Council that did it? It's not just some random Joe Schmo. It's Craig Council, Wisconsin dude, Wisconsin through and through, that gets to lead the Brewers and now becomes, hopefully soon, the winningest manager in Brewers history. It is it is cool, and that's that's the best way to describe it. Um, I, I know that Brewers fans have, have uh, swerved a little bit on, on their opinions of Craig Council, and that's okay. Uh, I just, based on what... You know, I've experienced, I just look at this story as just, it's kind of special, guys. It, it is. It's it's almost a human interest story in itself. It's more than just a baseball story. You know, I uh, played some cuts from uh, Council the day he got this job, his opening presser, and to, to say that he cared about the logo was really important to me. And it, and it you know, it rings true even to this minute in time that when you put yourself in that situation, think about that. What if you, you became, you grew up in Wisconsin, say you went to, to a high school, had a great football career, 
you used to go to Lambeau Field with your folks or your buddies and and you go off to college and you play football and then you end up ultimately playing for the Packers and then you end up being their head coach. I mean, that is that that's a dream scenario. It really is. And when when he said he cares about the logo, I believe that. Put him as manager of the Seattle Mariners. I made this uh, example the other day. Just put him as Seattle Mariner manager. He, he, it, it's almost as if he's saying, I would do a better job here than he would there. And when you think about that, well, why would you do that? This is baseball. But you can't control that. The one thing we can agree on, he cares more here. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Whether that makes him work a little harder or make better decisions, I, I don't know. But he definitely cares more. It's just a, it's just a great story. You don't have to like him personally, you know. Like, would you get along with Craig Council having a couple of beers? That's okay. And I've said that about Aaron Rodgers. I love Aaron Rodgers on the field. I don't know if him and I would would have a couple of beers together <laughs> and be that tight. You know, that's that's just you don't want to hang out with him and his new girlfriend. And there's other players like that. Anthony Rizzo is another one. I respect him as a baseball player, but, man, listening to Mr. Know-It-All talk on the radio or talk on TV, shush, Anthony. You don't have the world figured out. Um, so I, I, he's a, I've, I've got some inside scoop on, on counts also that he is one of us. He really is. He's a cookout guy, a family dude, going to Summerfest, going to a festival kind of guy. He just is. Yeah, I mean, you've seen him courtside at Bucks games and different mm-hmm. things. Like he just seems like a Wisconsin dude, like, like you mentioned, just just one of us. Uh, one last thing, Tim, before we get to a couple calls and let you let you go, Christian Yelich in the leadoff spot. You a fan of it? I, I mean, so far it's 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 worked out. He, he's looked yep. better in the leadoff spot, and I think it utilizes more of what his strengths are right now. You think he sticks there, and you a fan of it? Well, the the only part of it that I'm not a fan of is. You know, the round robin of, of cleanup hitters. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're three, four, five hitters. They, they do need to sort of be a little, there needs to be a little swagger there. You know, this, is, this isn't Little League where everyone's the same. And that's what I think, that's one of the issues I have with Craig Council, as much as I like him. See, here we go. It's okay to disagree with some of his decisions. You know, to have Louie as, as your cleanup hitter, Tyrone Taylor as your cleanup hitter. You got guys like Renfro and Omar and Telez and these guys on this the same baseball team. And you're going with Tyrone Taylor and Luis Urias as your cleanup hitters? That's the one part of the Yelich move I don't like. But in the meantime, I just you leave him be. If this is what, 11 hits in six games, five of those games as the leadoff guy. Hitting over 400 on base, 430 in that span. Leave him be for now. If this is going to help Christian Yelich, then it helps the team. But you're going to probably have to move him back down into those, you know, manly spots of three or four. I, I would see that coming. Uh, I mean, let this roll for another week or two. But after that, if it continues to roll, then you got to move him back down to do some damage. Yeah, absolutely. 414-799-1250. Let's get out to John and Franklin. John, what's going on, man? Hey, good morning, guys. Great to get on with you, Jim. i got to tell you, I, I admire your your positivity and your glasses half full. <laughs> Here it comes. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> Look, 
I, I've been a fan of this team since I listened to them on a transistor radio in the 80s. It's been a long time. And for me, I think it brings me some clarity. I can see through a lot of the smoke. And let's be honest about it. This is like saying the gas prices went up when the tanks, tanks rolled in Ukraine. No, the gas prices were going up before that. That was a brutal road trip. The injuries are unbelievable, what's going on and, and what's transpired over the last month, okay? But the problem is this lineup was mediocre before all of that. It was a mediocre lineup. It wasn't scaring anybody that wasn't Pittsburgh. Let's be honest about it, okay? And as far as Yelich, if they can get anything out of him, I don't care if he's batting ninth. I don't care if he's batting first because you had him in the middle of the lineup and he wasn't doing a darn thing, okay, for the money you were spending. And the team's got to get something out of him with their payroll. It's obvious. And as far as Craig Council goes, there's nothing that could have happened this season. His job was – I don't think it's going to be in jeopardy for a decade. Love the guy. When Major League Baseball got to make new rules to circumvent your <laughs> strategies, mm-hmm, you're yeah. doing something right. And, my, and briefly here, the, my favorite thing about Craig Council is when he brings a relief pitcher in and they're hanging on to one of their one-run leads, the relief pitcher throws a ball, and you could just see Council starting to, like, press, <laughs> just like I do in my living room. I yep. love the guy. Go Brewers. I hope they figure this out, but I don't know going to be rough with this lineup guys uh, right, appreciate john, the call john, john. yeah you Thanks. you might you might be right with the offense you might be i would just say this i think the offense healthy and coming into the season just on paper i think it was and this may sound okay let's see is how's this going to play here <laughs> with this with this pitching staff i think we need to ask ourselves was it good enough yes it was so that I mean, that's what it comes to. Was it going to be the best offense? We all knew it wasn't going to be the best offense in, in baseball. It's just too much lumber around the league stacked into a lot of these teams. Hell, look at Philadelphia. That's a good lineup. Man, that's a good offensive lineup. They just are. And were they going to rank with those guys? No, but were they going to be good enough? And yeah, the, the thing about Craig Council is everybody seemed to uh, adopt this DH the universal DH, I didn't like it. For, for one main reason, it took away an asset that Craig Council had mm-hmm. over the years, the double switch, the pinch hitter, when to pull a starter based on what uh, batters were coming up against, based on what he had fresh in the bullpen, all of those things, the three batter minimum, I don't think that that's a good thing for Craig Council. And, and it just took away that asset that he was super good above his peers um, against. So it watered down sort of this cookie-cutter strategy and chess match that Craig Council was really good at. Now, were they all going to work out? Of course not. No, no manager is going to be perfect. He was a lot better, maybe one of the best, maybe the best in baseball at it. Yeah, real quick, Tim, I do want to get one more phone call, but what I was talking about with this offense yesterday is saying that when you look around the diamond, you have a bunch of C-level hitters. There's no necessarily A-level guy, and some of the guys are playing well below what they're able to play, but you can look around pretty much the entire diamond at every position, even a couple guys that aren't playing every day, and say, could this guy come in and have a two-week stretch where he carries the offense? 
You look at Tyrone Taylor, you look at Adamas, Telez, you say, yeah, I think those guys could do it. And so the way David Stearns went about creating this offense was, no, there's no big bopper in the middle of the lineup. No, there's no sure thing in that lineup. But what it is, is basically it's 9, 10, 11 lottery tickets. And if you hit on one, two, hopefully three or more of them at the same Mm -hmm. time, good luck stopping the offense. And when you combine that with the pitching staff, then you have a World Series contender. Yeah, you know, you, you had your one bopper in Yelich, in, in theory. Yeah. I mean, that that's the theory. So could you get one or two or three of those guys around him on a given stretch? And and that was the really the strategy here. I, I just feel that lineups make more of a difference than people think. I think it not only affects the game itself physically, but I, I think it affects players mentally. When you got guys that are uh, – this is, this is a hit to their ego a little bit at times. It really is. You know, uh, big rowdy Telez is, man, I, where do I – I don't even get to play here just simply because it's a lefty. Wait mm-hmm. a second. I just went two for three with a walk yesterday and it all run. Now because it's a, a moderate lefty going and my numbers look good against lefties, not only this year, but throughout my career, what is this all about? I think it affects players more than you think. And, and Tim Shea and I have, have developed uh, over the course of this season a, a lineup that I, I think would be good. And it would really, I mean, it re- would really on paper make the other guys look at the lineup and say, oh, yeah, they're a little on the deeper side here. With Luis Urias batting leadoff, I think that's where ultimately he's going to end up in his career. So let's let's just say that... You put him up there. He's got a good eye at the plate. He does draw his walks. He's got a little clutch in him. All those things. Then you put Yelich at two. So now you're right, left. Put Adamas at three. Right, left, right. Put Telez, your left, at four. Now all the way down. Right, left, right, left. So they can't be neutralized mid and late game. Who's after Rowdy Telez? Now it's up to you guys. You want Andrew McCutcheon or Hunter Renfro in the five? Because they're both right-handed. Okay, pick one. It doesn't matter. Let's go Andrew McCutcheon. He's your number five. Omar Narvaez, the all-star catcher, is your six-hitter. Hunter Renfro, a 31-home run guy, Mm -hmm. is your seven-hitter. Now think about that aesthetically. When the opponent looks at that lineup, they say, hmm, let's see, Louie, they got their their future a little bit in the leadoff spot. There's Yelich. There's Adamas. There's Telez with some thump. There's McCutcheon, the crusty veteran. There's Omar, the all-star catcher. There's Ren- Wait a second. Renfro's batting seventh. T- to me, that works, but it only works if you stay with it. And they just don't do that. Craig doesn't do that. He won't do that. I, I can scream from the highest mountain that that, to me, would be the lineup I'd let play for 10 to 14 days, maybe a little bit longer. Lefty, righty, it wouldn't matter. Just let them go. Put them in there and just let them loose. To me, I think... The players would like it a little bit more, and you might get, uh, I don't know, maybe wrong, but you might get more output. output. Let's get one more call in here. Let's get to Ron in Rome, 414-799-1250. Ron, what's going on, man? I agree with everything that John said, including thanks to both of you for your optimism. (laughs) uh, I'm kind of a pessimist, and uh, my main problem with the Brewers is their top three paid hitters McCutcheon, Yelich, and uh, and Kane. That should 
be they should be your three, four, five hitters, your top paid guys. They're not three, four, five hitters anymore. So that's the weakest spot. And when you were saying, uh, you you know, we can't get used to teams having a guy step up. Our guys have stepped up. I mean, the pitching we have legitimate injuries, but Ashby and Alexander stepped up. Uh, Jace Peterson's hitting above where I thought he would have. So it's our big paid guys uh, that really didn't make a difference when they uh, they they've been playing. And that's why they're in this situation, because the reliability. You're right. You're right. And they gotta change that. There's no question. They gotta change that. Yelich, you gotta start thumping. You're not paid to be a slap hitter. You're not Jody Garrett here. <laughs> I mean I you're Kristen Yelich. I think he he's not gonna become that. And I don't know if it's a back problem or whatever, but uh I think we yeah, he's uh, you know, there was a caller to the sh- to the fan on Monday that we should move Yelich into the uh, leadoff spot, and everybody thought he was crazy. And then Pat Murphy was on your show the next day, and then on Wednesday he was in the leadoff. So I don't know if uh, Pat Murphy listens to your show and it was that caller's idea, but who knows? Yeah, well, and Murph Appreciate did, it, Ron. If, yeah, thanks. Uh, Murph did allude to, and they shrugged this stuff off a little bit, but Murph in our conversation just said, yeah, maybe there will be some changes. Maybe there will be. I think they, they kind of knew this was coming. This is one of those, I won't say last-ditch effort, but a ditch effort to get the dude going. It's been known to happen all over the league. Toby, you know this. I mean, how many times did Anthony yep. Rizzo we get yep. bumped up there to get things going? Wilson Contreras to get L- things going. Up. Kyle, Kyle Schwarber to get things going. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, 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 they're, they're less typecast these days than they ever were in baseball, these, these roles and these lineups. I mean, Think back, uh, someone mentioned the, uh, the transistor radio, and I, I really love those stories. I do. I still walk around with mine. I mean, I, I do. And it's tough. they're tough to buy. You've got to look around online, but you can still get them new. But, I mean, years, years ago or back in the day, used to be the little fast guy in the leadoff spot, right? Yep. That, that's just what it was. That's, that's not the case anymore. You, could, you and, could stereotype every single person in the order. Pretty much everyone. The light-hitting shortstop is going to bat ninth. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it was for a long, long time. And now it has worked. I mean, we have to give credit. To, to some degree, the move to put Yelich in the leadoff spot, I think everyone agrees, through six games at least, a small sample size, yes, it has worked. So you got to give them credit. Whoever came up with it, Murph, Counts, whoever, maybe it was from above, and, and Stern said, you know, light a fire under this guy's tail. you you got to do something. We need him now. T- time's up. Yeah, I mean, it's worked so far. Hopefully they continue to leave him there, and hopefully he can continue to produce. And like you said, I think at some point he'll have to move back down that lineup a little bit. But if he's going to continue producing up there, maybe just leave him up there. I mean, it's not like you were getting a whole lot from him in the three-hole, so maybe you're just going to have to continue using him in the leadoff spot, whatever the case may be, though. Tim, appreciate the time, man, and we'll, we'll check out tonight after the Brewers hopefully beat up on the Mets to make it a two-game winning streak. Yep, let's do it. We'll talk to everyone tonight. Mets and Brewers, this is going to be fun tonight. Appreciate it, Tim, man. There you heard from Tim Allen, the host of the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball Post Game Show on 1250 AM. The fan, make sure to catch him tonight after Brewers Mets. He joined us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. If applying for a home renovation loan has you feeling anxious, breathe and let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today. I want to get to some of your phone calls, 414-799-1250 if you want to hop in. And we'll get to you next here on the Bart Winkler Show on 1250 AM. The fan. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's the Bart Winkler Show. I'm Toby Altizer. That's Tim Shea. We're live from the Lakeland University studios. Earn call-up credit for work experience at lakeland.edu. And it is the 7 a.m. Wendy's What's for Breakfast hour here on The Fan. Is it a Wendy's breakfast Baconator combo day or a new Wendy's hot honey chicken biscuit combo day? That's sweet with a kick of heat. Any of the Wendy's breakfast combos, now you know what's for breakfast at Wendy's. 414-799-1250. You can tweet us at 12.50 a.m. The Fan. Been waiting on hold for a little bit. Let's get out to Mike the Better Painter. Mike, what's going on? Good morning, Toby. Morning, Mike. How you doing? Actually, I'm pretty good. That actually worked out pretty good. I got like half a house painted in the time I was on hold. Oh, well, well done. I'm glad you were listening and able to entertain you while you painted the house. Of course. Uh, you know, I just wanted to go back to that uh, Mike the Painter guy. Um, you know, I totally understand what he was doing on that phone call. It's actually not about Alan Lazard at all. Oh, who's it about then? Well, it's about, it's obviously about him. You know, he's trying to set up this narrative where if I ever decide to leave this market, that he's actually going to be able to step up and be a number one painter. <laughs> but we all know that. Is that the case? Because, hey, I'm not going anywhere because this is, you know, this is my town. That's right. And Milwaukee B, is our town. That's right. Right. And, B, you know, just like Lazard, Mike the Painter's just not a number one. <laughs> I appreciate the call, Mike. No problem. Have a good day, Toby. You too, Mike. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I feel like I should go right back to break. I don't even know what this <laughs> I do want to talk about this because the Brewers are on the road. And I was thinking about this. Is there a place, Tim, that you like a bucket list place that you want to go visit in terms of like a stadium, whether it's the Brewers or you want to go travel, watch a Bucks game or a Packers game? Like what stadiums are on your bucket list? I'd like to see Fenway Park. Haven't been there. That's probably at the top of my list. And I'd like to sit on the Green Monster in the Monster. Yeah, I do want to go up in the Green Monster at Fenway. That would be. I think that'd be fun. fun. Yep, yep. That's uh, that's number one. I've been. Gosh, uh, 
other than that, I've been to a bunch of stadiums. I've been to Pittsburgh. Everyone, okay, you know, says is that is that as nice as it looks? Yeah, it's awesome. I've never been. I want to go there. Yeah, it's awesome. The views are awesome. Obviously, if you sit up higher, sure, seeing the whole city, the bridges. I think Friday, I'm gonna finally get to go to my first game at Comerica in Detroit. Okay, so I'm excited about that. Uh, I definitely want to get out to San Francisco and yeah. go to the ballpark out there. Yep. That one's nice. Uh, City Field's not bad in New York. I do want to go to a Yankees game. I'd love to go to a Yankees-Red Sox game and just see what it's like, mm-hmm. either at Yankee Stadium or, Fen- or Fenway. I do want to go to Fenway. Looking at, like, basketball, is there anywhere? I do want to go to Madison Square Garden. Yeah. I think that's about – well, Staples Center, too, maybe. But that's about – well, I guess it's, like, Crypto.com Arena yeah, now. But. whatever it's called. Madison MSG would be pretty cool to go to. Um, crypto.com, I, I guess. Yeah, I don't there, I don't. A lot of them are all new. Yeah, so. I don't know that there's any other ones outside of Madison Square Garden that I feel like I'd really want to get to. And then, lastly, looking at, like, the NFL, is there anything that you feel like you – you got to go to. I feel like Lambeau Field is on a lot of people's mm-hmm. around, uh, but I've been to Lambeau and it's it's everything that you could ever imagine. So Lambeau is awesome. I don't know. Was I, that your first time this past year? No, when, I've no, been okay. twice now. Okay, but I don't I don't know that there's any other one for me. I guess SoFi Stadium looks pretty cool. I don't know if there's any other ones that I'm looking at. Like man, I got to go to that one. I think I'm going to be able to go down to Chicago and watch. The Commanders take on the Bears at Soldier Field. I've never been to Soldier Field, so that's a new one. I've actually never been down to Wrigley or Guaranteed Rate Field either, so I'll have to go down there and check out some baseball games down in Chicago as well. Uh, Wrigley's cool. I mean, it's just the history, but it's kind of a it's kind of a dump, honestly, in Is my it? opinion. Yeah. Eh. Well, I do want to go there at some point, but I think it's kind of cool with the stadiums and whatnot. Oh, it looks like we have a rebuttal. Yeah, he wants his rebuttal. All right, we got a rebuttal call. You got 30 seconds, Mike. What's going on, Mike? You know what's really funny is that you guys think that douchebag was funny when he said that. For you guys to even laugh at that, that just makes me not even want to listen to your guys' show anymore. All right, Mike. Appreciate it, man. All right, so talking about the Brewers taking on the Mets in this series, let's uh, look at this Mets team. 40 and 22, a lot of people in the power rankings have them ranked really high in the top three. They're probably number two for a lot of people right behind the Yankees. Yankees are playing well. Mets are playing well. It's a good day in New York for those teams. The The Mets are coming off an off day as well, just like the Brewers, but they come off a 10-game road trip on the West Coast. So they split with the Dodgers in a four-game series. They lost the two of three to the Padres and then one, two of three against the angels. So five and five overall on the West coast road trip. I don't think that's too bad for them. Do want to look at this though. Runs per game. The Mets are third in baseball at five, just over five runs a game. The Brewers are 18th in baseball at 4.31 runs per game. In terms of batting average, the Brewers are 26th in baseball at 231. The Mets are first in all of baseball at 265. They also lead the league in on-base percentage. In terms of strikeouts at the plate, the Brewers have the fifth most strikeouts, whereas the Mets have the eighth fewest strikeouts. And then if you want to feel a little bit better about yourself, you really can't. If we look at the pitching, runs allowed per game, 
The Brewers are 15th in the league right now at 4.23. A lot of that probably comes from this losing streak where they struggled pitching. But the Mets are 10th in the league at 4.03. So even if you want to look like this, there's no way to beat around the bush right now. This Mets team is better than the Brewers and probably quite a bit better than the Brewers right now, the way that they're playing. But I think this is a good test for the Brewers to go out to New York and play a three-game set. I think this is the time that you'd want to play the Mets, even though they're playing well. I don't want to have to face DeGrom. I don't want to have to face Scherzer. And those guys haven't even come back yet. So this Mets team, as much as we want to talk about the Dodgers being kind of the class of the National League, maybe this Mets team is the class of the National League because they are doing all this with their aces being... Carlos Carrasco, Taiwan Walker, guys like that. They don't they haven't even added in their A-level pitchers yet and Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer. Now, Max Scherzer, I'm confident will come back and pitch and pitch for a while. Jacob DeGrom on the other hand, although he's probably still the best pitcher in baseball when he's on the field, he's never on the field. So, I don't know that I can act like I fully expect DeGrom to get back on the field and then stay healthy for the entirety of the rest of the season and then into the postseason. So, that's where I'm a little bit interested to see what he does. But this Mets team is good, and they're playing well. I kind of thought that they would get off to a hot start like they've done plenty of times before and then kind of fizzle out and... Usually by now, they'd be kind of sinking back into middle to back end of the division in the National League East. And it's still a decent division, too. You got the the Braves out there and the Phillies, and both of those teams have kind of underperformed to an extent. But they've played well enough that you, you'd think that they'd be able to come back if the Mets slipped. But the Mets just haven't slipped. What are your expectations for this series? What would you be happy with? A win? No. Two I want wins? them to go win two, two, two out of three. Okay. This is a good baseball team. And I'm really getting sick of, okay, I'm, I'm distracted, sorry. I'm seeing on Good Morning Football, potential 2022 Bears skill players and Terry McLaurin. <laughs> <laughs> it's not happening. Oh, he's going to be a Packer, so. Yeah, well, I'd rather him be a Packer than a Bear, but neither one's going to happen. Either way. So so back to the Brewers. Um, I want them to win two out of three because I'm, I'm sick of this narrative that the Brewers are only good against bad teams. You know, they went out on that road trip, and initially they took two out of three from the Padres, and then they took two out of four from the Cardinals, and so you thought that they were all right, and then you only took two out of four from the Cubs. So uh, this idea that the Brewers are only average to below average against good baseball teams, well, if you only take one game in this Mets series, people are going to continue to talk about that. I want to see them do well against these teams because these are the teams that they're going to have to face come postseason time. Like You can't just continue to assume that they're going to turn it around. I want to see them against a quality baseball opponent. This is a team right now that is playing better than them. You can't continually just beat up on the lesser teams and expect for that to just be the way that it's going to be all year. You are going to beat up on the Reds and the Pirates when you play those teams, and after this series, you'll head down to Cincinnati and hopefully get two out of three down there and hopefully sweep them. But I want to see them go into New York and take two out of three. I, I mean, I don't, I don't see how you could be satisfied with just a win against the Mets. Yes, they're a good baseball team. Yes, they're one of the best teams in Major League Baseball right now, but I think that the Brewers can be there too. This goes back to setting the aspirations higher than just trying to win the division. 
you need to set your aspirations at trying to win the National League, setting it at trying to be one of the best teams in the National League with one of the best records. Because I think you should be able to still win this division, and maybe that's going to be a tougher task than we've given the Cardinals credit for in here. Like, the Cardinals probably are going to do their thing and stick around all year like they always seem to do. But this these are the kind of series that can define whether the Brewers can end up getting one of those top seeds in the National League or not. So I, I, I want to see them go in there and take two out of three. Are you satisfied with just a game? No, no. I just I, – I, two would be great. I, I don't know if I'd be satisfied. I guess it depends how they play. Yeah, I want to see how they play too. Yeah. You know, if they if they lose two out of three and it's a three to two ball game and they're right there, if it's or close and they're battling the case, and they're yeah. hitting the ball and they're and pitching you, well. Or if it's some bad luck hits for the Mets, you know, they they, they have like a check swing double, like what was that? Didi Gregorius had stuff like yeah. that, where you can't really help it. Then that's fine. But if all things are equal and we're just looking at it, I want to see this Brewers team play better than what they've been playing. I just don't want them to go out there and lose, you know, 10 well, to nothing. And, well, and that's the other out. thing, too, is I know we've, we're coming off a win and an off day, so we kind of forget a little bit because it's been a, a few days now since that losing streak was still ongoing. But we also can't act like this Brewers team is just like, all right, they're back on track now. Like Tim said, this is kind of going to be – the stretch of Brewers baseball where it's, I wouldn't say do or die time, but you can kind of learn a lot about this Brewers team right now. You know, you're, you've won two out of your last 10. You had an eight-game losing streak in there. You probably could have had a longer one if you didn't come up with a miracle ninth inning against Taylor Rogers. So you, you're, you have won two out of your last 10, and one of them was pretty lucky. You've won one in a row. Let's not act like they're back on track. This is the type of series where you have to win games to get back on track. The next series is one you have to win. You know, ideally, you'd love to have them flipped. You'd love to face the Reds right now and then face the Mets after that. But this is what you've got. This is what's in front of you. Who do we have in terms of projected pitchers for this? I was actually just looking at that. For the Brewers? Yeah. What do we got got in terms of starters going in this series? Corbin Burns should go in this series, right? Uh, uh, Today is, I believe it's Adrian Hauser. Yeah, today is Adrian Hauser versus Chris Bassett. Okay, Hauser and Bassett. Tomorrow is uh, Corbin Burns versus David Peterson. Okay. And then Thursday, uh, which, by the way, we did not get a getaway day getaway day so they're putting us at six o'clock at night aaron ashby versus is it tyler mcgill yep all right so, so it's going to be some good pitching matchups yep mcgill's pitched pretty well this year he's missed a little bit of time i uh, don't know a whole lot about david peterson but 3.0 era and 36 innings pitched against corbin burns tomorrow and then tonight hauser against bassett hauser Surprisingly, I, I guess I didn't realize his ERA was so low. I thought it was a little higher. Three nine two, a one point four WHIP. So that's probably what I'm. He's a three and six record too. But Chris Bassett, a four three five ERA, four and four record. So you're gonna have some good pitching matchups. Again, I think the Brewers probably have the upper hand in terms of that. They've got a good closer. Edwin Diaz has been pitching well this year. Looking at some of the individual stats as well. This is where it really gets depressing. We can look at the team stats, and that's depressing. Look at some of the individual stats for team leaders. All right. Batting average. Mets leader versus the Brewers leader. Oh, boy. 
The Mets leader is Jeff McNeil, who's batting 320. Do you have any idea who the batting average leader is for the Milwaukee oh. Brewers in terms of qualified batters? Is it Telez? Rowdy Telez at 251. Yeah. On base percentage, Yelich is leading the Brewers at 327. Mark Canna is leading the Mets at 375. Ugh. Home runs. Pete Alonzo, second in Major League Baseball behind Aaron Judge, with 18 homers. Willie Adamas has 11. RBIs. This is where it's kind of crazy, where they've been playing so well. Rowdy Telez has 38 RBIs. Mm-hmm. Not not bad. Pretty mm-hmm. respectable. Yeah. He's 19 behind Pete Alonzo, oh, who has 57. Wow. He's second in Major League Baseball behind Jose Ramirez. So Pete Alonzo going to be a tough out during this series. He's been hitting the baseball really hard, playing really well. 18 homers, 57 RBIs. Jeff McNeil is going to get on base. He's kind of gotten back to the form that he had had his first couple seasons in the league where not necessarily a power guy or anything too, too crazy, but he's going to hit for a high average. Mark Canna, again, a 375 on base percentage. He's going to find a way to get on base. So th- this is going to be a tough tough lineup to face for the Brewers pitchers as well. And so this is going to be a good test for them because, like we said, the last time through the rotation for the Brewers, you didn't really exactly see as good of results as you'd like to see. You know, you look back to Ashby's going to get back on the mound again, but you look back to Ashby's last start against the Nationals. 13 hits. You can't have that. You need to be better. And, look, I understand that these guys don't go out there and try to get shelled, but unfortunately everybody seemed to struggle. Corbin Burns in his last outing, even he's without – even he didn't have his normal outing. I think he only went four innings, and he only gave up a run, so he he did a good job of limiting the damage, but you'd like to see him come out and go strong. The good part is this bullpen is going to be pretty fresh – you know, if you need to use guys, Josh Hader is going to be available. Devin Williams, Boxberger, those guys are going to be available. They last pitched yesterday, but they'll be – not yesterday, sorry. Sunday. So th- so they'll be ready to go. So you can use pretty much any of those guys that you need. Pretty much anyone that is going to be available. So at least that'll be nice. I'm interested to see what the lineup's going to be. You'll probably leave Yelich in the leadoff spot. But outside of Yelich – Rowdy Telez in the cleanup spot or the three-hole. You look around this diamond, and it's kind of frustrating because it seems like you've got some guys that should have taken hold of their spots, and I don't know that anyone really has taken hold of their spots. Like Even guys like Colton Wong that you're used to just having a grasp on their spot, whether it's second base or you know, a Rias at third base or whatever the case may be, you're used to seeing these guys take a str- stranglehold on their spot and not give it up. That's not been the case this year for a lot of guys. You know, you can make an argument that pretty much anybody on the infield outside of, I guess, Willie. Uh, Rowdy even, at times, you could take out of the lineup. The the outfielders, center field is a revolving door at this point. Victor Caratini's been good at the plate, but so has Narvaez. It, it's been a frustrating year for the Brewers in terms of that. And then the, this pitching staff is going to have to be on their A game against the Mets this weekend, or not this weekend, this week, or they're going to be in trouble. You need to try and get two out of three because you're going to go into Cincinnati, and you know what's going to happen if they win two out of three in Cincinnati after losing two out of the three in the Mets. It's, oh, here go the Brewers again. I know they're three and three in their last six, but they can't beat 
good baseball teams. They just continue to beat up on their own division, and it's going to be the same old narrative, and I'm really sick of that because I think the Brewers are better than that. They're not just a team that can only beat up on the Pirates and the Reds, but at this point, for for me and Tim, Tim Allen is speaking, we're not having the proof in the pudding. Like We're not having the guy step up. We have this confidence in the team, you know, like, like John called in and said he was feeling negative. I don't even know that he's feeling negative. I think that's just the general consensus among Brewers fans. I think Tim and I are the outliers. We're the ones that still have confidence that this offense can still be good enough to get to a World Series. We're the ones that still believe that this team is one of the best in the National League. Like, like yesterday, talking with Leroy, I said, yeah, I think the Brewers are some of the best in the National League. And he said, are we talking National League as a whole, or are we just talking the Central? Because I think if we're talking the Central, yeah, sure, but I don't know about the entire National League. And you know what? To be honest with you, if, if we're being honest, looking at this team right now, they're not one of the best teams. They're probably not even one of the best teams in the like, all the National League. They, they, they just haven't played well. Like Looking again at some of the stats, they're 18th in runs per game, and they're 15th in runs allowed per game. Nothing about that screams a good baseball team. That's about as middle of the road of a baseball team as you can have. 18th in runs scored, 15th in runs allowed. That's literally the definition of being a mediocre baseball team. And I think they're better than that. I really do. I think that you look around the lineup and you say, this guy can do better, this guy can do better, this guy can do better. It's just about these guys actually stepping up to the plate and doing it. We've gone through those offensive numbers every week on the postgame show. And for the for the for a while it was, oh my gosh, wow, look at this team. They can they are actually good. But lately it's been on the down down end. So uh, picking up picking it up against the Mets, that'd be great. They have the Reds, but the schedule doesn't get any easier after that. No. It's the Blue Jays, the Rays, the Pirates are in there. So this is this is going to be a good stretch for the Brewers and this this little 12 game stretch here will will tell you how far they'll they'll go this, you know, the rest of the year. So. Yeah, I mean th- this is an important stretch. This stretch of the season too might depend on or impact what they're going to do at this trade deadline as well. This stretch of the season is very important. This is when you need the Brewers to really step up to the plate and play well. I think they're up to it. <laughs> I hope they're up to it, but you'll get to see tonight against the Mets. All right, I do want to talk a little bit about the Green Bay Packers. What players are you most excited to watch this season? Because there's one guy in particular that I cannot wait to see on this defense talk about him next here on the Bart Winkler Show. Toby Altizer in for him alongside Tim Shea on 1250 AM, The Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.